Welcome to another episode of Product Coalition, this time on the European Tour. Today I'm very excited to be joined from, by Carlos from Product School and me and Carlos are going to be chatting very shortly. But firstly I wanted to just give a quick talk about the tour as this is the first episode on the European Tour podcast series. So this tour and every single podcast episode is dedicated to raising awareness and support for the bushfire affected communities and wildlife of Australia. If you enjoy this episode, please show your support for these amazing causes by visiting bushfire.productcoalition.com or to learn more about the European tour, visit tour.productcoalition.com. I'm visiting five cities across Europe to interview over 50 product leaders, much like Carlos, to gain insights, knowledge and experience to share with you the Product Coalition global community. If you've just discovered the Product Coalition, we're a global community of over 500,000 readers, 6,000 Slack members, and thousands of podcast listeners. Head to platform.productcoalition.com to find out more. Now, before we get stuck in, I must give a huge thanks to the following brands and people who have been major donors to, the, to a fundraiser at bushfire.productcoalition.com. Their donation has certainly supported the bushfire-affected communities and wildlife of Australia. So first up is UserPilot. UserPilot is a code-free user onboarding and adoption tool designed especially for product management teams. UserPilot helps to increase conversion, user retention rates and reduce churn by guiding new users to their first aha moment with interactive walkthroughs, contextual product tours and onboarding checklists. It allows product managers to build fully customizable, behavior-triggered in-app experiences with a simple visual editor. Go to userpilot.com to book your demo and get a free trial. I'd also like to give a big thanks to Rich Mirinov, Chris Miles and Meg Pope who have also donated to the cause. Carlos, thank you for joining me and thank you for having me here at ProductCon in London. Of course, thank you. It's, it's really good to be back in London to see the Barbican Centre that I haven't been to since I came on a school trip about 30 years ago and to be seeing product management firsthand in Europe which is new to me having spent my career in Australia. So thank you so much. Now I know today we said we were talking about the, the future of product management and we've got a few talking points to go through but firstly I know you're a big soccer fan. <laughs> yes I am. So I want to I cut to something a little bit more important and what, what is your global soccer team? Are you originally from Spain? I'm here to make friends and no enemies so <laughs> I would say I love, I love the sport and of course I'm from Madrid so I have to support yeah? Real Madrid. Okay well I'm a Tottenham fan. Tottenham Hotspur, so we're a good feeder club for Madrid, so um, good, I think good, we're going to get on we well, can continue. You know? yeah, there's a good relationship there, um, that, that's great to hear, and how are you enjoying London and England? I'm, I'm loving it so far, so I'm based in San Francisco, but I visit often uh, Europe and London specifically, we have a campus here, and today we're hosting ProductCon, which is the largest product management conference in Europe, we're hosting 2,000 product leaders, and I'm very pleased that we are doing it together, and you are having a good time as well. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And for those, Carlos, that are listening into the podcast or watching on YouTube for the first time who haven't come across ProductCon or maybe Product School, could you give a, a quick intro as to the background and the story sure. there? So I'm the founder and CEO of Product School and Product School is the global leader in product management training. So this is something that now sounds more obvious at least for product people, but when I started this company six years ago, this wasn't cool at all. Like nobody really understood what product management was and they thought that you can't learn it, you have to be a visionary or something like that. And uh, we started in San Francisco very small, just teaching a small cohort of people who really wanted to make 
a career switch into product. You know, but six years forward now we are in 10 global locations around the world where we deliver in-person training. We also do online training and, and corporate training. The magic sauce behind all the, the training that we do is that all of the instructors are senior level product managers working full-time at top technology companies such as Google, Facebook, Uber, or Airbnb. I love that. And in today's day and age, that industry experience and being hands-on at work and then being able to bring those learnings from work into a classroom at the end of the day for students to learn, I think, is the way forward for, for modern careers and education. So the future of product management. So first, could you tell us what, where did your passion for product management come before product school? How, how did that happen? So it's a great question because in reality, this is a solution to my own problem. I was a product manager for many years, but before that, my training is in computer science. Right. So I worked, started working as a software engineer and I soon realized that even though I was not bad at it, it wasn't really my passion. I didn't want to spend the rest of my life coding. And the problem is I didn't really know my options back then. So what if you just committed to this degree and now you realize soon in your career that you're stuck? So it's only when I moved to Silicon Valley to study a master's in business when I realized First, there are so many people like myself, I'm not special, there are so many people with a technical background who are thinking business, which is great, it's very refreshing. And the second thing is that there were a lot of people with the opposite problem, meaning they would come from a more traditional business background, such as consulting, marketing, investment banking, and they were thinking about building something. They didn't want to become engineers, but they just wanted to have you know, enough knowledge to feel comfortable just, just building something. So after spending enough time in an engineering school and in a business school, I realized that none of those were literally covering the skills that I needed. So I decided to build a, a bridge between those two and create a product school. Brilliant, brilliant. And I love this morning here in that startup and seeing, sorry, that startup photo of three of you at a desk and, and kicking things off. And I think I can still remember, I'm sure it was 2014 or 15 when I got a first email from you when I set up the Medium publication side of Product Coalition and the first articles came through. And a big thank you for contributing so much on Medium over those five years as well. It's my pleasure and I'm very glad to see that your community and other places are, are growing and we are able to level up the playing field together. More knowledge, high quality content out there, the better for the industry in general. Great, that's great. And with this content and what's being produced, product management's changed over these last four years and it's, it means different things now to, to different people. And that's resulted in some myths and misconceptions around product management, about running product teams. What would you say are some, some of the common myths that people maybe at the start of thinking to move into product management are facing that they shouldn't believe in? Mm -hmm. Well, there are many, but I'm just going to try to summarize this in uh, three. First of all, I think there's a misconception that you cannot learn to become a product manager. This is something that you need to kind of be born with. You have to be a visionary, and that's not true at all. There are a lot of hard skills that you can learn, and that's actually not rocket science. So I think that's one. Number two is that it is important to have a technical background, especially if you are working in, in tech, but you don't need to be a software engineer or a computer scientist in order to work as a product manager. So that would say that's number two. And number three is the opposite. Like a lot of people think that you still need an MBA, a master's in business administration in order to become a product manager. And that's not the case at all. Of course, the more education, the more knowledge, the more experience you have, the better it is in general. But that's not a guarantee that you are going to make a good PM. The same way, if you don't have those credentials, there's also no guarantee that you are not going to be a very good PM. Right, okay. 
I think that's really important and I've certainly seen some of those along the way when people approach me about entering product management as well. In this morning's opening presentation, you shared a survey of the census you've done of the community globally and you talked um, about the future of product management. What are some of the learnings and key insights that you're seeing particularly relevant? Yeah, so our community grew a lot in the last six years and uh, we are now over one million people and we decided to create this first report about the future of our industry just to learn from people who are working on this on a daily basis what they think the future looks like for them and what are some of the opportunities for them to continue growing in their career. So we surveyed our community, we got over 1,000 responses from PMs all over the world. And some of the key insights that we collected, one is you need to, like lifelong learning is still important. Like the fact that you got a PM job and you are working in a specific industry, it's not guaranteed that you are going to be successful in the next job or in the next industry. The good news is that this industry is growing. We realized that over 75% of the companies that we surveyed said that they are going to be hiring at least one product manager within the next 12 months. And then I think the third insight was that PNs are here to stay. This is not a fad. This is something that, first of all, existed for a very long time, even before you and me created our communities. It's true that timing now is very good and now there's much more awareness about the industry, but we also asked experienced PMs about their level of satisfaction. And they all confirm, over 75% of people confirm that they want to continue growing their careers in product. And that's good to know because you know a lot of people don't start in product and they make their career switch at some point. Mm -hmm. But knowing that once they make the switch, most likely they are going to like it. I think it's a good guarantee for everyone who is kind of considering right now. Brilliant, brilliant. And I think you mentioned this morning that that report is available for people to download. Is that is. available at productschool.com? Absolutely. We create a website called futureofproductmanagement.com right, where okay. anyone can get a free report. Fantastic. And, and a big thank you as well for what you've given to free to the community over the years. I know um, like every single video recording gets put on YouTube pretty much. There's books that you've written and shared and you're giving away today at Product Con. So um, a big thank you from, uh, from me and the community because it's things like that that increases the awareness of product management and also for me the mastery of, of product management. You know when I started I said before I, this was a solution to my problem. I wish I had something like this to at least guide me and show me different options. But at the same time I believe in the value of community. I think companies that are successful, they also, have to be, they also have to be socially responsible. And it's true that not everyone has the opportunity to be at this beautiful venue today or afford to pay for a course or do any other activity. So the more we can give, I am a big believer in giving as much as possible. And then of course, you capture a part of, of that so you can also continue reinvesting in the community and growing in an organic way. Brilliant. I want to go off, off script a little bit. Absolutely. Can I ask you, about how it feels to be a CEO now who was a product manager. Well, what's, what's different in your life on a day-to-day -day basis, stepping away from product manager as a job title? That's a brilliant question. And I, right. I, I think of product as a mindset. At the end of the day, you are going to be working with a bunch of different groups of people who are specialists in specific fields. And you are a generalist, which is in between making sure everyone speaks the same language and push in, in the same direction. So. When I was a product manager, I was doing that at a very specific level, working with engineers, designers, and marketers. Now, as a CEO, I treat my company as a product. And even though I don't have the time that I wish to work directly with those engineers or designers anymore, I still run my business as a product in terms of the offerings that we create for our community. We try to productize 
the service as much as possible. In terms of the way we run the company, we try to become as much agile as possible and not and kind of take those good practices learned when working with engineers and apply them to other functions of the team, especially marketing, sales, or design that are not traditionally as involved in the product development cycle as engineering, for example. Right, okay. I can imagine running and organizing things like events. It's quite different to software development though because it's almost a big bang, like a waterfall. It all happens on, on one day. Have, have you found being comfortable with that as a running one big day to get one big success at one big event as a product manager who in software development you'd be able to iterate by the hour or by the day is there is there a change when it comes to things like this when so, important in a conference is a product the mindset is the same as you said you you have to iterate obviously when you are doing something that is more of a service the, the iteration cycle is not as short as when you are building software but there's still an iteration cycle. For example, this is our 10th conference. We do five conferences per year. So every other month, we have an opportunity to implement some of the feedback that we learned a few months ago. And yes, I wish I could do this on a bi-weekly basis, <laughs> right? Like a, a typical agile yeah. sprint, but it's still a good way for get people into that cadence of experimenting and applying learnings to the next big sprint. Fantastic, fantastic. You mentioned earlier about product management as a mindset. I've certainly seen a lot more product managers, particularly in the last 12 months, entering the community who come from traditional product practices. So things like manufacturing, etc., and they're getting into the software side of product management purely for, for the mindset benefits that we've learned through software development over the last, as you say, sort of 10 to 20 years particularly. Are you seeing those type of people coming in from manufacturing or hardware fields into product school to, to change their mindset around developing products? We see it more and more. Right. When we started, it was mostly software engineers who wanted to become product managers or management consultants. Those were the two most typical user personas. Now we're seeing that this is not just for those two types of personas. You can see UX designers, of course, marketers, but even real estate agents, attorneys. As you mentioned before, I believe in this role as a, as a mindset. At the end of the day, you have to fall in love with the problem that you are trying to fix, not in love with the solution. And once you understand that, okay, this is what we need to figure out. How can we break this down and collaborate with people to achieve to a reasonable solution knowing that it might not be the best solution but it's going to give us enough insights so we can do something slightly better the next time I think that's what I'm talking about and then the second thing is trying to involve people who are not just product managers into the product development process I know these days that a lot of people want to become product managers and I, I mean I'm biased it's cool I was one of those but even if you don't have the opportunity to have the title today it is very important that everyone understands the product that your company is selling mm -hmm. and the customers that use your product and why. And all of this makes that product mindset that helps the organization operate as a one isolated function instead of just a puzzle that nobody really cares or knows what's going on on the other middle room. Brilliant, brilliant. You mentioned Product cons coming to five cities throughout the year. London's the first. Yes. What, what are the other four? So San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York, and Seattle. Brilliant, brilliant. Have you got a favorite city that you, you like Absolutely. to get to? Absolutely. So we started the conferences uh, two years ago in right. 2018. Right. This is our third annual iteration, yep. I would say. Great, great. No, it's great to see it 
grow, product school grow from a startup business to a national education provider to an international community and movement. So congratulations on everything and I'm sure the next sort of five, six years is just going to be as good as the, the last five. It's been brilliant. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for your time. It's been really good fun. Thank mm -hmm. you. Thank you everyone for listening on the podcast or watching on YouTube. Um, I've really enjoyed my time with Carlos. I've been five years in the in waiting for me to, to meet Carlos. So it's great for it to happen in my home city of, of London. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. If you have, please think about supporting the causes which are available at bushfire.productcoalition.com. That's why I'm taking the time to meet 50 amazing product people around Europe over the next three months. So. Please continue to join me on that journey. Subscribe to the podcast, follow me on YouTube, and I look forward to sharing more sessions in this cool format that's nice and friendly and easy with you all over the next couple of months. That's all from me, thank you.